So, just before we begin, I just want to clear something uh, with the audience. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything to say. Hello guys, welcome back to Sebastian and Dylan have a Simpsons podcast, the podcast where, um, (laughs) the podcast that we do because Dylan is on the sex offenders list. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense! (laughs) And, uh, he's on a tag, so he can't leave the house. Okay, so I'm doing a podcast. Um, hope you guys are well, um... (laughs) (laughs) The podcast that we do because Dylan's a pervert! (laughs) Like, okay? (laughs) Hey man, you said it on me. (laughs) (laughs) I just said you were on the sex offenders list. Yeah, this is me, I'm a pervert, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> means you've done something sexually offensive. That's true. Maybe it was indecent exposure or something. Doesn't make me a pervert. Maybe I'm just a nudist. You're definitely the kind of guy that like has done some indecent exposure when you were drunk or something. <laughs> um, I don't think you so. No. Well, you you you'd be told the next day if you got butt naked. There was one occasion back in Cork where. I apparently, and I was blackout drunk, I apparently took my pants off. I didn't take t- t- the underpants off. I apparently took my pants off and just started, like, running around the streets of court just screaming a monologue from a play I was doing at the time. That is proper cringe. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, very Homer Simpson behaviour. Like, apparently, like, you know, I, I, I still had the pants, like, at the very end of my leg. I didn't totally take them off. They were, like, just hanging at the very bottom. I was, like, running with the loose pants, just, like, shouting a monologue. With a donut. <laughs> yeah, literally. Very fucking, like... Um, TV dad behavior. I didn't quite. I didn't really plan that. It didn't quite hit as well. I just thought it'd be funny if I opened the podcast just to throw everyone. You want You wanted to open it yeah. up. I was. I was very, very gracious. He wanted to open me up. And <laughs> he was very gracious. <laughs> you want. You, you want to open the podcast? Well, you're gonna do me a favor first. <laughs> yeah, guys. Welcome to Lynn Sebastian ever since this podcast. A podcast myself and Sebastian here do because a mafia man told us it would be a clever investment. And I'm still waiting on that money. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come someday. Today we are covering the Many Saints of Springfield. It is the thirteenth episode of the thirty fourth season, and shall we just jump in? You um you never what obviously this the title was a play on the Many Saints of Newark. Newark, yeah. The film that's set before Sopranos. Yeah, which yeah. It's a great TV show. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most people know about it, but a lot of people haven't watched it, which and it's so worth a watch. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, did you see Many Saints in Newark? I didn't see the film. No. The film, no. You confused me. Sebastian's favourite shows in the world are Breaking Bad and The Sopranos. He has not seen Better Call Saul or <laughs> Many Saints of Newark. I know. Is I'm that, a strange man. I feel like those both of those things yeah. would be made but for you. you can watch The Many Saints of Newark if you haven't watched Sopranos because it's set before. Yeah, so do you, it's, do you it's think? Fine. Yeah. Yeah, it would be fine. I, I know it's a prequel, but it's just like sometimes prequels are made very intentionally. You know, as in, like, I don't think you could watch the Star Wars prequels without having seen the first three. Nothing. Just because they're very, like, oh, here's how that thing happened. They do expect you to sort of understand the universe. Yeah, more. yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know, but personally for me, I, I, I like watching things as they came out. But other people are like, oh, watching in, in the in the universe's chronological order, you know what I mean? I think you've got to watch the sequels before you watch the original trilogy and the prequels. As in Force Awakens and stuff. Yeah, That'd yeah. Be, you would be so lost. Yeah, that would really throw... Th- that would not make sense. It's kind of sad to think that 
some people some yeah. people that's a their, certain their generation star wars was force awakens a certain generation yeah i mean force awakens is good it's alright. I, I think it's a fun movie it's fine, it's fine yeah it, it's, it's like safe fun star wars yeah, it's disney star wars. yeah i didn't like last jedi when it came out I but I, I feel like i would appreciate it more now i still don't like it really i i i haven't watched it in a while i feel like i'd appreciate it more now just because at least it's trying something because star wars recently has been so like here's the bog standard thing that people like let's just stick to that mm. you know at least ryan johnson was trying something out and i, and I i've since gone to really love oh, his yeah. style with knives out and a lot of people Glass have Onion. um come around to last jedi so maybe i should watch big it time too. yeah so i feel like i might too yeah mm. just because at least it's trying something you know it's definitely getting to that time of the year where i want to watch through star wars again really yeah, yeah fair i think the thing, big thing was luke is like oh it was mark hamill's first time playing luke in so many years with the exception of a little, little stare at the end of um, at the end of Force Awakens, so you know we had big expectations, and they ended up making him like a pretty irredeemable character, which pissed a lot of people off. But I feel like now I I watch it and be like, oh, at least they did something risky and gave the fans the opposite of what they wanted, you yeah. know. Whereas now it's like, oh, we're gonna do a an Ahsoka show, you know, like, ex- things that you would expect. Oh, we're doing Obi Wan, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, massive tangent. <laughs> Let's jump into the episode. So we open up, and I would be surprised if any other couch guy this season tops this one. Amazing. Oh, it was no? so good. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, Very so creative. Yeah. Insane. Kind of spooky. Kind of spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic animation, but yeah, kind of creepy. Um, I, I'm gonna have to cover the pod. Did this this couch guy the way I would cover an episode because there was so much in it. it. We opened up. Homer spots a loose string on the couch, and he pulls it, and it takes him into the couch, and he becomes like a wool, like like a, like a puppet made out of wool. We see he's in an area of, like, discarded items that were left underneath the couch, obviously. We see, like, a pacifier and a slinky. He's like, hmm, I always wonder what was down here. He finds a penny and he throws it away. He's like, you weren't worth the trouble down there and you're not worth the trouble down here. And he finds his Mickey Mantle baseball card, the greatest <laughs> the greatest treasure of his youth. And the card talks to him. He's like, I'm in mint condition. Do you, uh, do you know how rare that he just tears this? And he sees a Rubik's Cube and he's like, the greatest treasure of my youth. <laughs> and he turns one line of the Rubik's Cube and he's pissed off that it's not all the colours yet and starts hitting it. Like, you were you're a worthless piece of garbage. <laughs> and you just hear a voice being like Not the first time I've heard that. Ah I know that voice. Elf! Oh elf, you were cancelled too soon. No, Homer. I was cancelled at exactly the right time. And he tries to leave, but Elf tells him that he's part of this couch now. And all these leftover pretzels and foods, like cookie bits, start running after him. And the Rubik's Cube just goes, the key to solving me is patience. He's like, never! And he jumps in the slinky and it propels him up and he returns to the real world. But he's still in the in like the wool uh, puppet form. And Snowball just like grabs the wool and starts tearing it apart and he starts screaming. Mm. Concludes the couch gag. I mean, yeah, amazing. Um, this is context. This was made by Stupid Buddy Studio. Which is Seth Green's company that they're best known for making Robot Chicken, which mm-hmm. you can tell from the right. style. They've done, I think, like five or six couch guys for the show now, and all of them are fantastic. Some of the show's best couch guys ever, and including I watch, this one. Um, stuff made by them, it's like it makes me feel like I'm playing with toys as a kid. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, like, that's exactly what Seth Green's going for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it quite literally is how it started. It's like that's your imagination as a child. Yeah, like, that's so true. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like your imagination being conveyed onto. 
a TV show on on, on a cartoon because they're, they're they're always so stupid like little sketches as well like they're so ridiculous mm. that they are like games you would play as a kid because exactly, they, yeah. there was never a cohesive story to your little games you know it's cool I I, I love what Seth Green did like is it started it started off as he was going into Conan O'Brien he was doing a massive press joke at, at the time for. I think it was the second Awesome Powers movie, and he was so sick of doing interviews. He decided to just do like a little sketch where he brought like like an action figure of Conan O'Brien, an action figure of him in Buffy the Vampire Slayer just came out. So he decided to make a little sketch of that instead of doing the interview, mm. and that got like a little bit of attention. He was like, "Oh, I wonder if I could do something with this." And he made Robot Chicken, and then it blew up into a whole media franchise that's making shows for Disney Plus now, and they're doing Couchcast for Simpsons. There was so much. It just goes to show what you can do is like such a random idea if you just if you just keep pushing it, you know. I think it's so inspiring, yeah, so cool. But um, yeah, and then we jump into the episode, so we get like a cool little title card, just the many saints of Springfield. Straight away, a fire erupts on Ned's bin, and uh, he he puts it out, and Marge in her bedroom she just goes, "It's a fire!" And Homer's like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "Is that is that the Flanders?" He's like, "Oh, go back to sleep." <laughs> he puts in a sleeping mask and just says, "Dead to you." And Mary's like, what's wrong? And Ned's like, I guess God just loves to test me. Oh, here comes a truck. And the truck hits him and he's propelling up to the air. He's like, Lord, thank you for the tree I'm about to hit. And he, he falls off a tree and just takes him right into his bedroom. We then get a montage. He's playing croquet with his sons in, the gar- in, in, the, in their front garden. And a garbage truck just falls on top of them. But we see the Barney's in the pile. And Todd, <laughs> Todd just goes, oh, I found a pregnancy test. See that going to get some holy water, it burns his finger, <laughs> and Mo goes up and doesn't seem phased by it at all, just blesses himself, it's like, how you doing? He comes home, his mailbox is on fire, he tries to put it out, but somehow his fire extinguisher is also full of fire, <laughs> he picks up his groceries and a snake pops out of it, and Marge comes up to him and she's like, is everything okay? And he's like, let's just say I'm Oakley, but I'm definitely not Oakley, <laughs> great line, he locks his car and that lights up into flames. And she asks him to talk to her about what's going on. And he's like, oh, let me just get the mail first. He screams. We think it's going to be like another really bad thing. It's just Democratic Party fundraiser. <laughs> They're in the kitchen having hot chocolate together. Ned asks her if she ever questions her life, if there's even a point in going to church on Tuesday. He says he's been so stressed that he's been losing hair where it counts most. And reveals that he's wearing a fake mustache, which can also double up as an eyebrow. And he says it all happened when he was briefly Bart's teacher. <laughs> Bart, or Marge is like you were Bart's teacher once like, oh you can look it up C-A-D-F-12 those were his grades and the days that he was absent C-A-D-F-12 the joke there is that every episode has a production code number mm-hmm. so the production code of the episode where he was Bart's teacher is C-A-D-F-12 very nerdy references that I got but most people I'm sure will go over there yes <laughs> but pretty clever I'm so glad that they addressed this because it was a great episode. It was called um, Left Behind, I think. It was in like 26, 27, where Ned became Bart's teacher after Edna Garoppolo's voice actress died, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, they're setting up a whole new thing. And they just totally abandoned that. And then they brought in Rachel Payton, uh, Carrie Washington's character. And I like her stuff. But I was like, I, I want to know what happened with Ned. So I, I, I like that they actually addressed yeah. what happened here. And what happened made sense, mm-hmm. you know, for Ned's character. But yeah, Mary just, you can't remember it. But Ned says it, it really meant a whole lot to him. Uh, we get a flashback. He says it all happened when the school board stopped allowing teachers to teach religion, and um, which is it, it makes so much sense. But also, it, it's a real thing in America and I mean most of the world now that they're not allowing schools to teach religion anymore. So it makes sense that that would be something that would bother Ned, you know, 
personally speaking, I totally agree with it because teaching religion as a subject as if it's fact is ridiculous, in my opinion. You know, see that I agree with not teaching religion as a fact, but I do think as uh, as history. Yes. Yeah, I think it's important to learn. I'd like to keep religious studies in school because personally, like I learned a lot. I actually learned a lot in religious studies about Christianity and other religions. Yeah, no, I agree with and that, you, and that's also important to like just yeah history and like the world and everything of course a lot of stuff's based around religion no i agree with you that's fine like i i went to an a catholic primary school so we were only taught christianity there and yeah. we were taught it like it was fact not like that's it was like cult behavior you know it's like oh totally yeah choice. yeah yeah totally but then the second school i went to wasn't run by you know wasn't run by the nuns at all so we had religious studies so that was like we learned about christianity and and, and judaism and 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 buddhism and everything else so that was good because it was informative and it was part of history and everything else it's good to know about these things because that can inform your opinion whereas exactly my primary school was like a cult just being like mm. there is a god there is a jesus but we'd also be taught biology so it's like this is such a contradiction and ned asked the class to take a moment of quiet contemplation for the troubles in the world today and he just writes up war global warming skinny fit jeans and tramp stamps and nelson just goes who should we pray for he's like don't say don't say it jesus pray for jesus and then superintendent chalmers comes in and he's like hold up this is a public school no trying to save sinners yeah. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> always love any variation on his catchphrase um speaking of yeah skinny jeans yeah did you ever used to wear them yeah i did Oh my god! I'm so what was I doing? I'm so, ashamed. <laughs> I'm so ashamed I ever wore skinny jeans when I was a kid. I don't think they look bad on me or anything. It's just they're just super uncomfortable. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you causing yourself so much pain it's, it's just like, to look slightly good? Yeah, when you like, you don't look good either. I you mean, don't look comfortable. I was like twelve, thirteen. Yeah. So to be fair, like I guess I can excuse myself, but it's yeah. Like, it's when you see like adults now wearing them and it just looks ridiculous oh, dude yeah i went to a comedy Not night to judge pe- what people wear but come on but it's just you don't look comfortable it's like it, i remember even back in the if day you think my you look cool. oh yeah way. totally it was it was intense i'm pain. scared i stunted my penis growth yeah i, I remember during during that period i'm sure you did i remember during that period yeah, <laughs> i remember during that period i was really like awkward wearing shorts for some reason just you know you have like weird little insecurities when you're a teenager so i'd wear skinny jeans on like super hot days i was like what was doing to myself it's causing myself intense pain but i went to a comedy night on last tuesday I was like the only person wearing shorts. I went up and I was like, I thought more people would be wearing shorts. And nor of a lie, the entire front row was wearing skinny jeans. And they were like men in their 30s. And I was like, you're all definitely sweating out of your balls right now, but at least you look good. You look manly. (laughs) Skinny jeans does not look manly. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I was just making fun of them. Not at all. You just just look uncomfortable. To me, that's everything. Good clothes, but you don't look relaxed. You know, I I don't think it looks nice. I've I've always been in favor. I mean, I like my fashion. Yeah, but, but comfort. I've always been in favor of comfort. I like baggy clothes. Totally, but yeah. baggy clothes look nice on people. Yeah, I think yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Ned's like, yes, sir, to Superintendent Chalmers, and he starts praying, and he's like, you're... Now hold it right there. This is a public school. No trying to save sinners. Uh, y- yes, sir. Are you praying for my soul right now? I am. That is the one and only thing I can punish you for. Get out! He's got him doing a little chalkboard saying, um, I will not attempt salvation of a, of a bureaucrat. And we've got to Willie tossing him out. He's like, God loves you. Like, nobody loves Willie. <laughs> and got to him uh, walking really sad. We see a help wanted sign. They turn around and it just says, not you. 
And nice little narration from that. He goes, I lost two wives, two jobs. I desperately needed to uh, talk to the Lord. But with such luck, we just see all these buildings. One is Atheist Society, Agnostics Anonymous, the First Church of Springfield with a sign just saying, uh, closed for deliberalizing, uh, Pagan Express, and then just finally, our, our, yeah, our, our Lady of Dwindling Attendance. I was like, oh, I'm usually not a kneeler, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. He goes in. I just, I always just love what, I, I, I love where they've taken Ned's character because, I know it all happened by accident because of like the voice actresses dying and stuff like that, but just, it works because he is like, you know, the, the most like morally good character in the show. Yeah. Like all these horrible things have happened to him. You know, he's lost two wives. He's, he's had two failed jobs now. Like it's, it, it makes so much sense because he's a character who is so faithful that bad things that happen, happen to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so it's good. Walter White. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he's like he's like so close to being Walter White yeah. so often because he's just constantly being challenged. But he goes into church and he sees Fat, Fat Tony. He asks him what brings him here. He's like, oh, nothing you haven't heard before. Unemployed, widowed, and two sons that are filled with mayhem. We cut the Rod and Todd just sitting still. And Rod's like, did you just blink? No. Sitting still again. Cut back. He says he's always looking for... Uh, Fat Tony says he's always looking for new enterprises. And Ned seems like he could do with a little help. He tells him he sells left-handed merchandise, and Fat Tony says he was left-handed before the nuns beat it out of him. He says he could invest in his company, and in exchange, he could show his gratitude on an unspecified date that may never come, but it will come, and surprisingly soon. <laughs> and Legs and Louie just start laughing, and he's like, oh, meet my associates, Mr. Rude and Dr. Jerkoff. And Louie's like, hey, I'm a doctor here! He asks if he'll accept a hand from a sinister source, and that just screams. He's like, oh, uh, by sinister, I mean left-handed. The little text just pops up being like, actual definition. And Ned says he'll think, of, he'll think about it, as he seems like a godly man. When he come back to the prison, Marge is shocked to hear this, and Ned says that he googled them, and it said that he was, it, it wasn't a legitimate business. He's like, I never thought the internet would lie. <laughs> Stupid Flanders. He said it, it all seemed too good to be true at first. We have a flashback again. We see the, the leptorium has opened back up, but it says uh, grand opening, uh, or grand reopening, same management as far as you know. We see Dolph looking at left-handed scissors, and Louie just goes, Buy the scissors! Like, but I'm right-handed. It's like, well, how would you like to be no-handed? <laughs> he said, it all felt right, and for the first time in a long time, he smiled. Just, again, I just love, like, the, 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 the interwoven sadness to his character. And the story's about his lovely dad's in t-shirts, and one said, uh, left-handed, right-minded, and uh, left but not bereft. Then Homer asks him how he could... Be so how how he could be stupid enough to get involved with Fat Tony? <laughs> He's like that. That's not something I would do. <laughs> Marge and the kids all start laughing, and Grandma's like, "Oh, Homer is stupid, all right. PhD is how he spells food." <laughs> Maggie starts laughing, and Cecil Helper starts laughing, and Homer's like, "All right, I'm stupid. I get it. Yeah, it is funny though. <laughs> it's such a weird little bit. <laughs> I loved it." Uh, Ned says that he does trust everyone he meets but he did ask some probing questions because him in Fat Tony's office hands Fat Tony a large check of money or a large envelope of money and Fat Tony's like oh business is good I'm like, yeah a little too good I must ask are you a good fella indeed I am like, I, I also hear you're a wise guy like, mm, people tell me that come I must show you something <laughs> what is happening in the background we can see Johnny Tightlips uh, being given a sh soup by a chef like a tomato soup he tastes it he doesn't like it so he shoots the chef dead <laughs> we can cut to Ned and Fat Tony eating at Luigi's and Luigi hands 
Fat Tony, an envelope of cash. He's like, you're a little late. Like, uh, take my hat. Uh, my other hat. <laughs> He's just wearing the chef's hat, a little, a little top hat, and or a little bowler hat. A ball patch on, takes that off, and it says, huge black hair. He's like, oh, if I'd known mobsters liked the pasta, I would have stuck to sushi. <laughs> Got to them doing karaoke to Frank Sinatra's My Way. The record shows we took the blows. Lord, we did it that way. This guy. This guy. No, this guy. Am I right? I used to be this guy. Ned says that they let him in on some of the most intimate conversations he'd ever been a part of. We see one of the one of the head bosses. They're in Luigi's again. He's like, um, "Did um, did that thing go down with our friend?" And Johnny Dipes is like, "If you replace that thing with ice pick and our friend with Benny the Barber and down with to his eyeball, then yes." And Ned's like, a a "Am I missing anything?" And Louis like, "Oh, we're talking about a lot of murders. I mean nothing." <laughs> got to Tony in his office, throwing a glass at the wall, a Roman statue, and, and a desk. You see, he's really angry. He tells Ned to, that he gives out a medicine to outdoor patients, but his pharmacist in Jersey has been causing him trouble and may have to spend the night at the mattresses. And Ned offers him an adult coloring book to calm him down. He says, oh, you, you, you can pencil your way out of your miseries, and you can draw a face for self-expression. <laughs> Tony just draws a frown. He's like... I actually do feel better. And he kisses Ned on both cheeks, and Ned just kisses him on the lips. It's like, oh, you just gave me the kiss of death. It's like, he pinches him on the stomach. He's like, and a, and, a, and a pinch of growing inch. He just laughs. Love their relationship yeah. throughout the episode. It was, it was done so nicely because they're, they're such like starkly different characters. So I don't think they've ever had any dialogue together no, 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 prior no, to this. No, yeah. Because it wouldn't make any sense to have them no. together up until now. I just love their, their, their very different relationship. We then cut to the legitimate businessman social club. And uh, Ned's narration, he just goes, "That wonderful summer ended ended in a fall. Ended in a fall. We got the Lisa coming in. She's selling band candy. She just needs two thousand more to get to Cincinnati, and then she'll be out of their way. You know, no trouble." And she sees Ned. And she drags him out. She says she can't believe the best man in her neighborhood is working for criminals. She's like, "Criminals? <gasps> well, I see it now." <laughs> and Johnny Typhus is like, "Who is this little girl who seems to know a lot and possibly too much?" And Lisa tells. Or sorry, Ned tells her to get out and that he's tired of her thinking she knows best and, and, and he's found a place where he belongs. And he's like, the real criminal is a man who keeps stealing from me. Your father has my garage door opener. Why? <laughs> and she's like, all right, I was just selling band candy. Put me down for a dozen. When I first watched this episode in this scene, I was like, he's being really weird. Like, the way he was like shouting at Lisa it was really like out of character. Mm. It makes sense later. Just bring it up. Yeah, yeah. At first, I was like, "What but the I, hell?" I, I did think initially what he was like. It's again, it's the, the arc of his character in this episode. He's become corrupt. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. It was, the, the way he was doing it was really weird. The way he was like, "You know, get out of here, Lisa." But put me down for a dozen of those candy bars. It was, it was very confusing, but it, it, it makes sense in a moment. I just felt like mentioning that. He asked Tony if he could talk to him for a moment about about hell, and Tony just goes, "Language, You're disrespecting the photo. I believe to be my mother." He tells him that he's a rotten tomato, and he sh and then Tony shuts a blind, sh shuts his blinds. He says he's part of an organization that has a long history of traditions and that they're not proud of. And Ned's like, I know you're a Catholic. He's like, no, that's not that's not it. And he whispers to him. He's like, what? 
No. Wait, whacking? He says there's only one way out, and then all of his men come in, clearly about to kill him, and Ned's like, well, for real. Like, first, he just bursts through the window. He's like, I'll pay for the damage. Uh, we didn't cut to the present. He's back in the same room with the Simpsons. He says that he sent the boys to their grandpa. He got the rod and top with the Ned's dad, we haven't seen in a super long time. <laughs> and they're praying for their food, saying grace. And Todd's like, thank you, Lord, for the macaroni and the cheese. And God bless the strings and our bananas. And his dad's like, oh, man, how does my family have such square roots? <laughs> the family, uh, it makes so much sense. It's so good. Like his, um, his dad. Sorry. That was yeah, his dad, yeah. Yeah, dad. yeah it, it's so funny. Like, Ned is like... Is like the outcast of the family, but for opposite reasons. Like usually, yeah, usually, yeah. The outcast is like the artist, the more creative one. Whereas for him, it's because he's like a goody two shoes religious person. <laughs> he's like the opposite dynamic. I love it. I watched a really interesting video essay on um, Todd recently, actually, by um, what's his name again? The Real Jims. It was a great Simpsons essay. But it was a Rod and Todd, should I say? It was a really good point. He was saying like how like Todd is like quite a developed character, but there's very little to Rod being the mm. taller, older one. It was a good point. It was like because when you when you're having like the, the the best thing to do with Todd is since he's such a religious child is for him to say things that are unexpected a lot. But that that's always me funny when when it's the littler person. So because of that, there's not a lot to Rod. It's a really good point. But yeah, very very interesting, yeah, interesting. video essay. Just just look at like Rod and Todd, real gems. Fascinating video essay on them for the proper Simpsons nerds. It's like twenty minutes. You gotta you gotta be patient. Sanders sees a car driving past his home and it. The, the entire house just bursts into flames and he decides to take asylum at the church. We didn't cut the first church to Springfield and the sign just says, you didn't see nothing. <laughs> and, uh, Reverend Lodroy takes out an insurance form and just goes, pop, he's got himself a new set of trains. He's got the Reverend Lodroy's train set and that's also been set on fire. <laughs> so random. We didn't cut to the police covering Ned's house with investigation tape and uh, Lou's like, let's, let's see what we've got here. I don't know, Lou. That yellow tape clearly says, do not cross. Uh, that doesn't apply to cops, Chief. We're going to cut to Ned. He's hiding on the Simpsons' attic. Homer just goes, in the spirit of neighborliness, you can hang out in our garage until, um, how does Thursday sound? Like, today's Thursday. He's like, you're welcome. We cut to Homer at Moe's. He's relieved that the kids are safe, sort of. We see they're, they're at Patty and Selma's apartment. They're both giving them a back massage. And Lisa just goes, so, a uh, rough day at work, huh? Someone's like, no chit-chat. And come back to Moe's, the goons burst in, asking if Homer knows where he is. And Homer's like, who? I don't have any Flanders. Uh, I mean answers. Uh, I mean answers about Flanders. <laughs> and he starts, like, uh, walking, uh, like, in front of them. He's like, oh, you can't kill me from behind. And he wears himself out and sits, sits back down. And Johnny Tyler takes him down to the counter, saying that if they find out that he knows something that he didn't tell them, they will not go easy on him. And then Louis crosses his neck, you know, like the class, like, you know, we're, we're going to... Slice her throat open, but as he does it, he he starts bleeding. He's like, "Oh, my fingernails are too sharp!" And bursts out blood and covers Johnny Tyler's face, and they just run out. Then start following Homer around Springfield. He goes to Laird Lad, then he goes to the Quickie Mart, then he goes to Krusty Burger, then he goes to Luigi's, then he goes back to Laird Lad again. And Johnny Tyler is like, "How many dinners can this guy have?" He eats more than Frankie eats too much. Joy <laughs> Tyler is like, can we please stop with the nicknames? They're so judgmental. That was funny. I like that line, but it immediately made me think, 
your you call your boss Fat Tony. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know what I mean. Your boss, you literally call him Fat <laughs> to his face. Uh, they, we didn't see Homer going up to his attic. We see the net isn't there anymore. Mary says that he left without a trace, and the goons the goons enter and they're like, "Hey, no Flanders!" And who knew the Fat So has such a hot wife? Joy Tyler's is like, it's a sitcom thing, you know, King of Queens, Fred Flintstone, Timmy and Lassie, such a beautiful dog. <laughs> we cut the Ned mashing towards Tony's office, and he's like, this will be a good time for prayer. He takes out his phone, and he's, he has a bunch of prayer apps, they're all fantastic. It was Praise, Gracebook, PrayPal, Instagram, Heaven to Etsy, Snap Chapel, my favorite one, and uh, Amenazon. <laughs> the combo guy comes out of his shop and he's like may I suggest a prayer from the Klingon Bible and he starts speaking in Klingon and he's like even I think this is idiotic good luck he changes the sign from open to close and it just says combo guy will return is a picture of him being frozen in carbonite like Han Solo connecting to our conversation earlier the Star Wars conversation makes yeah, sense yeah. now <laughs> it's going to make even more sense later on later on is there another yeah. Star Wars reference wink wink I don't recall any Star Wars segment. really Yes, don't worry about it. Okay, we'll find it in a minute. Yeah, keep me in suspense. <laughs> uh, he tells Tony that he knows there's a good man somewhere and calls him by his Christian name, Anthony. He's like, oh, my mama used to call me that. And he says that a man who loves his mother that much can't be all that bad. And also, he, he, he bought so much band candy. He always he has a good a good soul. He opens up his wardrobe. You see, it's filled with band candy. He's like, well, maybe I just like band candy. He's like, He's like, no, you're right. I'm hot on the outside and soft on the inside. I'm like the world's most murderous cannoli. He prays with him and asks Tony to take his hand. And he's about to take it and he's just like, kill him. And the goons enter. He's like, what? I'm, like, I'm sorry, but this is the business we chose. Although I did think, I, I, I did trick you into it. So that's on me. He's like, can I just remove my mustache first? I want to be clean shaven for the Lord. He takes off his fake mustache and we see he's wearing a wire over it. And Johnny, Johnny Titleist hits Louie. He's like, I told you to pat him down everywhere. And the FBI arrive in. And Tony asked him if he was a snitch this whole time. And he says that it wasn't until Lisa scared him straight. We didn't cut back to him talking to Lisa early on in the episode. So that's that's why I was being like, I was confused by his the way he was speaking to Lisa. He was shouting at her. It just felt very strange. Mm. What he was doing was making the mob bosses think that he was against Lisa, but he yeah. was actually, you know... It's weird because I didn't really think much of it. Oh, really? No, I, I was thrown by it. Yeah. it was like He'd seen the errors of his ways, basically. And we think going up to the, to the FBI, and he's like, I, I, I'd like to be a snitch. And the FBI is like, if this goes south, we'll have to move you to Utah and change your name to John Smith. He's like, that's always been my dream. We got to Fat Tony being handcuffed, taken away by the police. He's like, I loved you, man. He's like, you didn't even remember my birthday. Like, I sent you a card, belatedly. We can cut to Ned's house being rebuilt. Homer goes up to him and says that he's a hero for finally putting that man in jail. He's like, What's wrong? Well, I miss him a little. That guy can really kiss. Stupid Flanders, you're a brave man. <laughs> I'm nothing special. I take my shower in the dark just like anybody else. And our final little tag is just Louie and Fat Tony in the prison library. Or, or Louie's like, all these lousy books and they're all YA, fault in our stars. Only one guy dies. He doesn't even get whacked. <laughs> I did like Divergent. A lot of people get whacked in that. <laughs> and Fat Tony's like, uh, this is going to be one long 15th to life. And they just start arguing in Italian. Which is classic like, mafia thing. Like, they're arguing Italian, but they're both talking over each other, so they don't yeah. even know what the other person I mean, is like, saying. It definitely wasn't Italian, though. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was just the two voice actors speaking absolute nonsense. Yeah. And that concludes the episode. Well, 
Fat Tony is voiced by Joe Mantegna, who I imagine actually does speak Italian. But, like, the what they were saying definitely it was. was a nod, okay. Well, Louis, I think, is... Yeah, Louis would be Dan Castellaneta, who definitely doesn't speak Italian. But then again, Dan, Dan Castellaneta, he's probably Italian-American. Yeah. That surname sounds Italian. Like, it sounded good, but, like... No, it was, it was gibberish, yeah. It was yeah. definitely gibberish. But it's funnier with gibberish. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, that concludes the episode. Mm. After you. I mean, this is up there, man. This is oh, I love this so this much. It made great, me happy. Great episode, like one of the best of the season. For mm-hmm, sure. mm-hmm. Um, so good. Just such a, like they they still kept it so contained in Springfield that it was such an out there idea. With, yeah, you know, the good family point. being really playing much much of a role. Yeah, Lisa's role was important, but she only appeared in like briefly. One scene. Yeah. Um, Actually, does Bad Things episode at all? I don't think he does. Even at the start, maybe? I'll have to stare his Ned immediately. There you go. With marriage. I don't think he does, no. Yeah. Nancy Carraway got a good paycheck that week. Yeah. Um, Homer and Marriage are in it. They're side characters because yeah. I guess he speaks in the scene where where Homer's like, that's like something I would do and they all start laughing. But maybe he just laughs. Yeah, either, regardless, Nancy Carraway definitely had a very easy paycheck that week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just such a cool idea to mm. have two polar opposite characters, like one of the most evil men in Springfield. Yeah. One of the kindest men in Springfield. I would say the kindest. The, 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 the best kindest, soul, yeah. yeah. And like, he, yeah, just seeing like the, the downfall mm. was was just so cool. It just, it gave me such a water white. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, guy. it really was. Um, and the they, closest he's ever gone to They made use of that level. the, like... All the all the mafia family really well. Ah, brilliantly. Uh, and it's so funny. It's always so funny because like they still have kind of like a threatening aura about them. Yes, they always do something stupid. That <laughs> yeah, they do that so well. And um, that I am intimidated by it. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm genuinely concerned for Ned throughout the whole episode. But they're also hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's a perfect mix. But yeah, so yeah, it was it was great, man. I loved it, and I mm. thought it was so um, wonderful wasn't too slow or fast it was just like perfect wait like, yeah very well they really they made perfect use of the time mm-hmm. um, big time maybe they made the the opening a little bit longer you know the, the opening credits yeah it's funny because sometimes when the couch gag is really long the episode can suffer as a result you could tell that the episode was a bit too tight so they mm. had to do a, couch, a long couch gag to make up for it but this episode still felt really condensed it despite felt- the fact they had a completely perfect a yeah. really long couch gag and the couch gag just makes it absolutely better because it's mm. so so good so you know? yeah it was great man I'd, I'd give it I need to start thinking about my other rating <laughs> I'm going to give it an 8.5 it was that good yeah that'd it's be the, the same rating you gave for the of Horror so yeah, that, that would so make it sense it was that yeah. good it's one of the best seasons it's so good yeah I mean we laid it up I, I also gave it an 8.5 yeah I absolutely loved it I mean pretty similar things to what you said just, the show just has a great way of leaving of, of knowing who's the best character to put in a given situation because mm. like this plot you easily could have had that be like Moe or Homer but it wouldn't have been as interesting if it was them because those characters have very little morals anyway it's more interesting to have it be Ned because Ned is such a moralistic person that putting him in a situation like this really challenges him Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean um, and yeah like you said just, what, what, what a perfect pairing they also have such a great way of being like okay who are two characters that we haven't seen together before and what could we do with them together Ned and Tatoni were the perfect duo that haven't done stuff together and it was a perfect storyline to put them into you you maybe you maybe think of something because you were calling Fat Tony the evilest one of the evilest people in Springfield. Maybe you think Mr. Burns and Ned would be a great episode. Yeah, for sure. Right? Something that's only has ever happened. Yeah. I can't recall them ever speaking to each other. That'd be yeah, a great be episode. Bob in there. 
Yeah, Ned inside your bar. That must be really fascinating. Or Mr. Burns Maybe inside your bar. Would that be too much? Mr. Burns, Sideshow Bob, and uh, Fat Tony. Oh my god. Yeah, why not? The three worst characters in the show. Yeah. Like, what? If, 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 if they were brought people. together, you know, that, that'd be a great plot for The Simpsons, for like a sequel to The Simpsons movie. Yeah. If you want to have like a, a villain bigger than one Simpsons movie, get your three biggest villains and have them mm. do something to try and take over Springfield or destroy the Simpsons or whatever. That'd be amazing, yeah. Um, I'd say it was a great expansion to both Ned as a character and the Springfield Mafia. Like I said, like, we've had a couple of Mafia episodes recently, and I do not tire of them. But like, it it just seems like a form that 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 could be so like such like easy gags, or like, it could be so cheap. But they always find new, yeah. fresh things to do with it. And like we said before, that a big part is that they're clearly big nerds, like back in Scorsese movies and The Godfather and stuff. They clearly have such a passion for that genre, and they always do it so mm. well. And this episode was a prime example. I, I, I think for the the, the, the bit, one of the biggest reasons for me is that Louis and Johnny Titleist were brilliantly utilized this episode. They're always fun characters, but I don't think they had like a little bit more to do in this episode than usual because we had the, the whole sequence of them trying to catch Homer and stuff, and Tony was involved in that. But it was just cool to see them without Fat Tony for a bit. You know, mm. love to see more of those characters. So even the things you never thought were important in the episode came came together quite nice like i didn't think the band candy thing would come back at all and we saw that tony bought it all so that kind of gave a new depth to his character ned not the ned shouting at least a bit i mentioned you know like i didn't think that would come back and it did ned's mustache his fake mustache i thought that was just a joke and I ended up being like that he was hiding the wire yeah. and he like that's like clever really stuff cool, like yeah. that yeah really well done and I, and I also thought that most of the episode being a flashback added like a really nice sense of mystery because you know he's telling marriage this story and we know things don't turn out well but we're really enjoying like Ned and Fatoni's friendship while they're having it together but we always know it's not something bad's about to happen it was a nice like little the way they did that was just really well done and yeah you made a good point I, I hadn't thought about either was like it was very contained it was just in Springfield but they did so much it was very ambitious despite that it was so contained you know yeah it was done so well yeah yeah great episode <clears throat> and, and you were just mentioning um like how we just sort of came out of a plot for this that's another Simpsons movie. Yeah, but um, <laughs> hire us. The Simpsons movie, man, is like literally the perfect movie plot. M- movie, like from a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like that and the SpongeBob movie. They yeah. both chose to release them at the perfect time. They did, yeah. And they're both like clearly such like solid plots that they worked so long for. The totally. Simpsons movie is genuinely perfect. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, and I feel the same as about the SpongeBob yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's very there's a lot of TV show turn into movies that is. I mean, the, 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 the basically, Sammy Farrell always says he doesn't want to make a Family Guy movie until he finds a plot that you couldn't make as an episode. Yeah. And that makes the most sense. And that, that's exactly the case with the Simpsons and SpongeBob movies. Like, you couldn't have told that plot as a 20 minute episode. Especially for SpongeBob, only like a 10 minute segment it would have been. You know, you, you couldn't. It had to be an hour and a half to tell that whole story. You know, yeah, it's yeah, so, so perfect. Just both fantastic movies. On uh, South Park movie as well, mm-hmm. as another example. So Those good. are the top three. I would say maybe of any TV show turned into movie, they're the top Definitely, three. Yeah, yeah, they're all just so fantastic. Yeah, let's jump on to the news. Live from London City, it's a very bad but slightly improved impression of Camp Rockman here to let you know it's time for Simpsons News. Actually, a good bit of news this week, which I was happy about. Um... So a Simpsons writer 
writers picket outside of the Fox Studios recently. Um, you know, still part of the writer's strike, obviously. Uh, Matt Graney was there in support, along with James LeBrooks, Al Jean, and Conan O'Brien, all just there to show support for the, you know, the, like the lesser-known writers. Yeah. And Matt Graney even drew up pickets uh, for the for the strikers. You can look up on on, on Twitter, or just online. They were all fantastic, but I, 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 I he did loads of them. They were so creative. But I had to highlight some of my favorite ones. One was um, CEOs when it's time to pay up, and it's just like Homer going to the bushes. Um, another one was just a picture of Mo, and it said, "Give writers Mo money." Another one was AI Bart saying AI Carumba just because of ChatGPT and stuff, obviously. Um, another one was just a picture of Mo just being like, "If you do Mo reuse." If you do Mo reuse, you gotta pay Mo. Talking about paying residuals, obviously. And there was this Lisa needs residuals instead of Lisa needs braces. You know the 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 bit with, with like Mr. Burns has like all these monkeys at a typewriter and he's yeah. trying to get them to write a novel and he's like, "You stupid monkeys!" It was like that same photo, but instead it's him being like, "You stupid ChatGPT." And another one was um was the Steam Hams bit where Superintendent Chalmers being like you call it Steam Hams despite the fact it's obviously grilled but it's him holding uh, HBO Max's logo but they changed it to Max recently and it's like you call it Max despite the fact it's obviously HBO just <laughs> like really fun creative stuff like that um, and Matt Selman got the current showrunner of the show got interviewed at the, at the at the strike and he confirmed that season 35 will not be affected by the strike because um, the season will go ahead as normal because the whole season was written ahead of the strike in order to begin animating so you know makes yeah. sense I, I wasn't surprised to hear that but it was just relieving to hear that it won't be affected by the strike the cool article i read recently uh on vulture by someone named jesse david fox who brought out an article claiming that season 33 and 34 have been the show's best seasons in decades so wow. it's just a really cool um I would agree with him. It was a refreshing article to read. And I'm glad to say that we're not the only people noticing that. Um, he just said that the, the, the staff are clearly infused with youth recently and it, it's showing in a really good way. Just about a really fun fact I didn't know is that a writer who joined the show recently named Broti Gupta is the first writer to work on the show who was born after the show came out. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's a you know a huge deal, obviously. Um, he also pointed out that Matt Selman has been allowing writers to experiment more. And he said some of the most ambitious and funny and poignant episodes in the show's history have been the last two seasons. He says these episodes have managed to broaden our understanding of these characters and why they remain so important to so many people. He called Lisa the Boy Scout, the episode with all the conspiracy theories, he called that episode one of the wildest laugh-out-loud funny episodes of the entire show. And he says that, it was just, it was just a great article, he said what, what these past two seasons have revealed is that there is still new dimensions of Homer and Marge and new visions of these of of this world that are worth exploring for twenty two minutes. This, this season in particular so far, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Me hope and Absolutely. Excitement. I mean everything he said in this article, this episode we reviewed today has proven, it's you know, proven, that there's yeah. so much more or less we explore explore in this world. Like Ned and Fatoni alone, there's so much left to explore with their characters, you know. So yeah, absolutely. Great, great article, if anyone's interested. Um it was yeah, just just a Fox who was on Vulture and it was called um the Simpsons is good again, was the name of the article, if anyone wants to give it a full read. And yeah, jumping on to Seb's Classics. I was like... Because it's hard for me to pick which classic episode I'm going to do. Uh-huh. So I was thinking, oh, it's the sixth month of the year. Let me choose an episode from season six. But I've done so many episodes from season six. Yeah, we already done. And I don't want to go yeah. for obvious episodes. Sure. Because I have 
So you dropped ahead a decade. So I went for season 16. Right. Um, Fat Man Little Boy. Yes, I went for Fat Man and Little Boy. Nice. This episode, it's fun. I don't think it's amazing. It does hold a special place in my heart, though, because I remember when this is very old school now, my mom had just gotten a video recorder. So I had, like, all these Simpsons videos, but my mom had a video recorder, so now it was like I could record episodes I didn't have on video already. Oh my god, I watched them on a video recorder. Yeah. That's crazy. And I rec- what, this was the Pirated. F- well, it was, it, was, no. it was legal, yeah. <laughs> this was the first episode I managed to record, and you, they had, like, a little, like, post-it note thing that you were... A little sticker that you were able to, like, title every video. I remember for this one, I literally just wrote Bart's T-shirts. Because I didn't know in the episode yeah. yet, obviously. I just wrote Bart's T-shirts. I was obsessed with the T-shirts in the episode. I wanted them. I remember loving Scratch Bob Itchy Pants. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. So creative, yeah. Was... Itchy mixed with SpongeBob. And fucking, what was it, um... Oh, Santa's been scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to look it up. I was like, when did this come out? It was 2005, which is recently enough for making a 9 11 yeah, joke. Yeah, I thought <laughs> some of the jokes they made in this episode were pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Great episode. It's it's so messy, but like in a in, in, in a charming way. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so much happens. It starts off, Bart loses his tooth, which makes him realize that he's like not a kid anymore, even though he's only 10. Which makes him start making t-shirts and they blow up and he becomes a breadwinner, which makes Homer become conflicted. So now he's focusing on on Lisa rather than Bart and he helps her with a science project. And then he helps Bart not get swindled by the person the person and buying his t-shirts. Yeah. So much happens in this episode. So much like. happens. Like, it, it goes on for a while and like it's it's Homer is so pathetic. Oh my god, like, yeah. He has to ask Bart for money. <laughs> and one of the funniest bits is uh, in the restaurant. Oh yeah, two hundred dollars gives Homer the bill, and then when he asks Bart for the money, the way it walks off because pathetic. Yeah, but right, right, right before that, he's like, "Bart, you have two hundred dollars. Like, the bill's only a hundred. Like, I, I broke the toilet." <laughs> it kind of confused yeah. me because maybe that's just because of inflation, but a whole family. I mean, when was this? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. So, okay. So a whole family a whole family in a really fancy restaurant yeah You're true me it came to a hundred dollars yeah it would have been more yeah no no a family of five and Barry was making a fancy restaurant yeah and Barry was making good money so he probably weren't holding back on what they and were the ordering food Homer would eat uh, yeah of so. course yeah that, that's very true two hundred dollars is more believable yeah good point but yeah it, it, it's a it's a fun episode it's great man. so it's all over like I said there's so much happens but like in a very fun charming way I love the bit of the start where Lisa and Janie are like, call the operator or I'll cut off your B. And you think they're going to say something dirty and Homer's like, oh, hi, and the escalator is, is the, 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 he's going like, they're going to say something dirty and Homer's like, oh, yeah, yeah. and he just faints. That's <laughs> what I <laughs> yeah, so like, funny. I feel like I like this episode more than you. Really? I, mean, yeah. I like I said, it, it has, we'll find out. like I said, it has, it holds a special place in my heart for the, for that reason that I just mentioned, but I don't think like it's, a sensational episode but it's very fun I don't yeah I don't think it's like a sensational episode I think it's fantastic yeah it's well written um, and very fun I love the the guy who who um, takes over Bart's t-shirts look at his name he's, he's like he's like a Willy Wonka type name, character yeah. he's so wacky is it Gladwell oh I should have written it down he's something like that it was definitely GG like Gilbert oh, oh man it's uh, Goose Gladwell Glo- Goose yeah. Gladwell there you go yeah <laughs> and he's like being like a magician and stuff he like he knocks on the Simpsons door and they open and no one's there and they see that he's already in the house and we're like, oh my god, you broke in! <laughs> so like, excited about it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's this might be the first time because I feel like I've never rated um, 
I know what you're going to say. One of the episodes we've done. Higher than. Higher than. Yeah. But also, I don't think I've ever rated it the same, because I would also rate this episode 8.5. Really? Yeah. I would say, I think, the main thing is Springfield is a more solid episode. I give it an 8. Yeah. Wow. I still think it's a good episode. 8, eight is yeah. a good rating. Just, yeah, 8.5. You hated it that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 8.5 for both. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's fair. I, I, liked, I liked this episode a lot, but... Yeah, I'm yet to. I reckon there will be a point soon where I end up rating a new episode higher than. Has it never point. happened? It's never happened. You don't think it's ever happened that you've given it's, the it's same never, rating as well? Happened. What's the highest rating I've given a new episode? Like 9 or 8.5? Uh, yeah, I definitely remember you giving Tress of Horror an 8.5. Maybe you gave that an eight, a 9 and you gave Lisa the Boy Scout an 8.5 or vice versa. I've not rated many. Classic episodes we've done lower than 8.5. Yeah, Actually, true. We might true. have an 8 in there. But, might know. have an 8 in there, yeah. Maybe the season 1 episodes we gave a little lower. True. Yeah. There's definitely some season 1 episodes that I at least gave a 7.5 or a mm. 7 to. Um, anyway, we're getting into too many semantics, doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, it is an interesting point. Yeah, it's funny. I'm so, so much fun bits throughout. I love the bit where he's watching a documentary and um, Eric Idle comes back playing that documentarian character oh yeah and it's like the lion and he's he's thinking that like he's a lion and barks the cub and the cub like takes takes his father off the tree and then barks the same thing to homer like push him off the couch he's like, oh, yeah. the, the couch is the tree it's like and 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 then, and then the lion joins the the other elderly lions he looks over at grandpa and grandpa just goes oh the good graves are taken <laughs> it's just a great line i always love the bit as i mentioned episodes all over the place i'm jumping to very different plot points here He's like helping Lisa make like a really good science project. And he thinks it would be an amazing project if, if he gets her a nuclear reactor. And he's like, how could it be so hard to find a nuclear reactor? The, the Koreans managed to get it. Look at the quality of their animation. And it's just, his beard comes off his face. <laughs> just like fun little bits it like is, that. It's random, yeah, it's mad. Yeah, yeah, just um, yeah, very, very fun, chaotic episode. I mean, when I saw the title, Fat Man and Little Boy, I'm just like... It's, it, it's a great title, yeah, yeah. yeah very quirky, um, fun title, for I, sure. It, it came up, because um, I'm on Google, it yeah. came up with like random Simpsons questions like people also ask. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the question's in early, I guess. Dylan. Can you tell me what episode does Bart kiss a girl? Oh wow, we're actually doing trivia. His first kiss? Might as well. Is it is is Bart's boy Bart's yeah, girlfriend? He says, oh, new, new kiss on the block. No, new kiss on the block. No, it's a uh, stealing first base. Oh, that's not the first one. That's like in season twenty six. Yeah. That's not his first kiss. Okay, well, that one came up. What's the darkest Simpsons episode? Do you think, according to Google? What's the darkest Simpsons episode? Maybe Flanders Ladder. Nope. Maybe the mysterious voyage of our Homer. It's Homer's enemy. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. A man literally the, dies. I mean, the ending, yeah, it's yeah, dark. because of how much Homer stresses him out, and he's not even paying respect about his funeral. He falls asleep. Everyone starts laughing. I can see that, but I think darkest is a very subjective opinion. I would also say the Trace of Horrors are some of the darkest episodes. People mm-hmm. die in them, you know. Um, well, well, now that now that I clicked the Bart thing, it just keeps coming up with Bart questions. All right, do one more. Apparently, Bart has ADHD. I don't think that's ever been said, but yeah. like I could see it. Yeah. Uh, what's Bart's IQ? Like, who's looking up this shit? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Who's curious about that? <laughs> Bart's IQ. <laughs> yeah. Get the character to do an intelligence test, I guess. I mean, we can assume it's low, but like. Yeah, of course. Fucking hell. He's also a character. He's also a, a, a fictional character. So if the writers need him to be smart for a scene, they would, would do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
yeah, okay, moving on to my new segment. So as I mentioned last week was the final week that I was doing Ooh. all but the first ten. So now rest here comes peace. my new set. Yeah, rest in peace. Here comes my new segment. Yeah. Which I call Who Wrote This Episode? So that's the name of the same segment. Who wrote who, who wrote the classic? Just... Who wrote this episode? I don't know that one. I was just gonna be about the the main episode. I don't I know, know who wrote it. Do you know? Yeah. Tell me. Joel H. Cohen. Oh, actually, I actually, I, I, I actually did notice that because when it popped up, I was like, oh, I like the Cohen brother. Yeah. He probably has to call himself Joel H so that they don't get mixed yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice that actually. Yeah. But yeah. So basically, my idea for the segment is. Because of the writer's strike and everything, I just want to do a statement where like, we're paying more respect to writers, writers basically. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so I'm going to do the same each week where basically I talk about who wrote the episode. I'm going to give their top three episodes and then top three things that they've written outside of Simpsons. So when we're talking about a really good one. The This episode was written by Al Jean, who's been a showrunner on the show since season 13. He's been a writer on the show since day one. So mm-hmm. like a proper Simpsons veteran. Um, so his top three episodes, obviously, this is in my, my opinion... Number three, I went for The Way We Was. Season two, the episode about marriage and Homer in high school, how they first got together. Mm. Great, obviously very important Simpsons episode. Number two, I went for Hello Hello Gutter, Hello Father. Season 11, Mm. which is the one where Homer bowls a perfect game. He becomes like a a big celebrity for a few minutes and he becomes like really defeated by only being a celebrity briefly. He doesn't like going back to being a normal person. Great, like little Homer episode. And number one, another fantastic Homer episode called Home Or season 12 which is the one where he he finds that there's a crayon lodge in his brain yeah. they take it out and he becomes really intelligent great episode Al Jean I almost selected that for a classic oh really I mean yeah. eventually definitely Al Jean is obviously one of the best Simpsons writers he, he knows the show inside out so you know a, a great person to be like the first first person to feature in this segment uh, purely by coincidence and just to mention three other things that he's, that he's written on, he used to be a writer on the original Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. There's been four Simpsons, obviously. He was a writer on ALF, which is uh, must be why ALF featured in the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. like a tribute to one of his first ever big gigs, obviously. And he was a writer on The Critic, which is a show I have not watched. I must check out eventually. The Critic, he lived in this for two seasons and worked on The Critic, who was also the character... In uh, Star is Burns. Star is Burns, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um... So I, I like that character a lot. So I, I, I'm going to check out the critic someday because I, I think Algie is a great writer and I like that character in that episode. So I must check it out. Um, do you know the whole controversy about Sarah's Burns, actually? Well, the, it's like the one episode that um, yeah. Matt Groening didn't... Yeah. Didn't have a writing credit or didn't have a creator like created by credit on. <laughs> he must regret that. He definitely does. It's like <laughs> highlights are one of the show's best episodes. Yeah, he's definitely just, one of my favorites. Oh, it's so good. He just really didn't like... Um, that they were doing a crossover, he thought it was cheap, but it's done perfectly. I, it, it's it's changed pretty well also because a lot of people don't know about that show, The Critics. Exactly. So yeah, I didn't. A lot of people don't know that's a crossover with a different TV show. Yeah, um, I certainly didn't for years either. So yeah, I think this is a fun new segment. Who wrote this episode? And yeah, um, paying respect. Yeah, paying respect to the writers. There's so many great writers in the show, and I'm sure we'll have they, they all have really interesting um, biographies and stuff. So I think it's a fun idea just to like give them a spotlight every week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Stay tuned to the next one. But for now, let's go on to the questions. Hey, hey. We have two questions. Okay. Technically three questions, but also but technically... one is one not a proper question. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It's, yeah it's, we, we kind of have three questions. We kind of only have two. One, <laughs> one's a statement and two are questions. 
Is that yeah, do you want the proper one first or the dumb one? We'll do the dumb one. Like the, the one that's not really a question. Yeah. I might just start fucking ignoring these questions, but for now I'll do it. Uh, Ian... Are we exposing them? <laughs> Ian Blackburn. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course, one of your buddies. Yeah. One of your very mature friends. Just goes, does it squirt? I think you're the only man to answer that question. Does it squirt? Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm funny enough to it's come a, up with a response. It's a deep question. Immediately it's a very deep that's question. Funny because I could say yes or no, but then that would just be so boring. <laughs> I would argue the question isn't funny enough. I'm going to uh, say, ask your mum. Ask your mum, yeah. mate. Hey, yeah. drop the mic. I'm going to say, ask your dad. Ooh. <laughs> and second question. So, uh, Barrett Art, who's answered a couple of qu- asked a couple of questions in the past, thank you as always for the great, great questions. He basically asked two in one question. So he went... Favorite mafia movie, and as a follow-up, favorite Factoni episode. So favorite mafia movie yeah. first. Um, After you, I think I know what it is. Oh, it's so, so difficult, man. Yeah. It's between it's between The Godfather two. Oh really? Prefer two to the first. Definitely. Mm. And Goodfellas. Yeah. I think mine would be Goodfellas. But there's so many good ones that I want to talk about. I'll talk about them another day. You can mention a few. No, you can mention mention one or two if you want. Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, All very long movies. Even, even, like, even something like Mean Streets is up there. Yeah, Mean Streets is great. Um, I'd have to go towards Daisy for me. I think I'd go Goodfellas. Yeah, um, as you've gone Goodfellas, I'm going to go Godfather 2. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like the parrot a lot too. Um, I go Goodfellas. I feel like that's like a controversial opinion to favor that over The Godfather. I go Goodfellas because it has a sense of humor to it. The Godfather is great, but it's very grim and yeah, serious. Definitely. I like the, the the humor in the Goodfellas. Goodfellas. It's fun. Is a is probably the best first mafia. Movie it's a great first, watch. yeah, yeah, because yeah, because it it's dark, but it kind of brings you into it lightly. Yeah. Godfather is a rough first because it's three hours. It's a, it's, it's it's an investment, you know. Yeah. Goodfellas probably isn't that much shorter, but it definitely it's more fast paced. I think definitely, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's wishier and everything else. Like I said, Goodfellas is 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 almost a perfect movie. It's, it's so great. So yeah, it's so great. Like it's such a cliche thing to say, but it's cliche for guess, a reason. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mood you're in. If you're in a serious yeah. gritty mood, go for Goodfellas. Mm. But like, yeah. One thing I always found weird about Goodfellas is that Rob Nero is like the main guy on the poster, but he's by no means the main character. <laughs> he's just a selling point. Yeah, yeah. he's a selling point, of course. Like Ray Liotta is the main character, and he's like on the rest side. He looks yeah. like a side character. Yeah, rest in peace, amazing actor. I know that will always be his greatest moment, obviously. And yeah, favorite Fat Tony episode then. Personally, for me, I'd have to go for season ten, Married to the Mob. Oh. One of my favorite episodes was the one where Homer becomes a bodyguard for. Mayor Quimby. Yeah, yeah. And he gets involved with the mafia. I just love his dynamic with Mayor Quimby in that episode and Homer being the bodyguard and stuff is so this, great. This isn't It'd really... It'd be that one for me. That's a good choice. Mm. Um, this isn't really a Fat Tony episode, but he's in it for a bit. Yeah. But the one where um, Homer also becomes the clown. Homer the clown? I would say that yeah. one counts. They're, okay. they're involved in that I'd pretty go, heavily. i go for that one. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that one counts, yeah. Because of how they get involved in it, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a fun one. Yeah, cool. Um, that was all the questions. Yeah, moving on to recommendation of the week. Rock paper scissors. Yeah, of course. Rock paper scissors. It's always me. I obviously want to know. I got paper. You got rock. Yeah. Uh, people are keeping up tallies here. <laughs> um, first recommendation. I um, interesting one. So I, I randomly. It's like a stupid comedy. Last. When was it about a week ago? I guess, and I, I put on American Pie. 
Mm, I had great. so much fun with it that I ended up watching all four movies. Oh, and they so were just good. a blast. And I miss movies like that. Because they're just not made anymore. These proper comedies. There is no heart. It's just stupid, it, it filthy. Knows it, yeah. it knows exactly what it is. But it's actually well written. The situation is... I think Jim is one of the most unlucky characters in film history. Mm. So much bad shit happens to that man. Um, they're just such fun movies. All four of them. I, I, I couldn't fault them. Like I'm not saying they're perfect movies. But it, like, like, like you said, it, it is exactly what it wants to be. If you're someone who's sensitive and is woke or whatever stay away from it but you just want a fun stupid movie that you will just laugh for an hour and a half all four of them are worth your time and you don't need to watch them in order or anything I, I agree disconnect the movies great. I just had such a blast I ended up watching all four when you're in that silly mood yeah so they were so perfect Stifler is such a golden character if you smoke weed as well like, <laughs> yeah of it's, course it's yeah. probably a great absolutely Stifler is a golden character like he's <laughs> He has no heart. There is no arc to him. He is just <laughs> yeah. a filthy... Absolute pest. Yeah, a yeah. filthy, horrible man who wants to fuck, and that's it. <laughs> I think he's hilarious, yeah. He's so good at them roles. Oh, Sean William Scott, yeah, yeah. fantastic. He does them perfectly. Like, he owns that typecast, too. Like, he doesn't care. He's yeah. just like, keep me those parts. I do it well. Why not, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I love him. Great, great movies. Check him out. Eugene Levy as well. Jim's dad. So mm. freaking funny in all of his scenes. Yeah. After you, then what's, what's, what's um, your next one? Actually, I'm now gonna postpone <gasps> one of my wrecks for next week because I feel like I'll know more about it next week. Okay, we'll find out next week why I'm saying that. Ooh, keep you in but suspense. It's like huge shot, Mr. Burns. Because you're talking about American Pie. Yeah, I want to recommend one of my favorite films of all time. Uh huh. Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, dude, yeah, I've never even seen that. I love Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Oh. Just so it's just stupid. What, same thing. This same is thing. the perfect example of satire. Yeah. Right. It's fucking amazing because it's like I remember when I first watched this film. I can't remember who recommended it to me, mm. but I watched it, and when it started, I was like, "What the hell am I watching? <laughs> Why am I watching some like shitty summer camp comedy? It's so much more than that." Talking tomato soup can. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fucking amazing, man. So it's, funny. Um, basically. It is just a satire on these kind of comedy, like exactly. American summer camp films. Yeah, and it just plays on all the stereotypes to a T. <laughs> yeah, and makes his own thing from it. Paul Rudd is in it. And yeah, he's great in it. I like. He's my favorite character in it. He's brilliant because he's just like uh, he's the classic like. Um, I don't give a shit. I'm wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and he's like overplaying it oh, so much. Yeah. With yeah. <laughs> his sunglasses, like rocking up on his motorcycle and just parking in the middle of the field. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so, so good, man. It gives me, um, like, airplane. Yeah, like, yeah. Naked gun. gun. Naked sorry, gun. Sorry, naked yeah. gun. Like, sort of vibes. Totally. Um, and it's, 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 it's up there, definitely my, one of my favourite comedy films. Ever. It's so funny. Yeah, a great thing about series, it as well. The series is good as well. The, yeah, I was yeah. about to say, yeah, the, the um, what were they called? One was called Wet Hot American Summer. It was like a prequel? I can't remember. But then, they, then the other one was called Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. And, it's like them all going yeah. back like for a reunion. And what's funny but is... is the, they're the, all still playing like, younger yeah, versions. The prequel... They're even young. they're meant to be younger, but yeah. they're a lot older. <laughs> they're in their forties, teenagers. Yeah. It's so funny. They made no attempt to even make them look younger. Yeah. It's done so well. Uh, yeah, Bradley Cooper's great in it. Amy Poehler. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it was, a great cast. I'm sure it's no surprise to you. I also love those movies. Yeah, um, 
like this is a perfect film to trick someone with. Yeah, they yeah. They can watch it. They're gonna think like I did. What the hell is this? Yeah, when they're watching a fucking and then summer realize movie. how funny it is. Yeah, because um, even the name would make you think like it's gonna be like a cringy like yeah. feel good cat Wet movie. Hot American summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so weird though. Like, you can just tell in the movie and also the, the TV shows that they got to make the exact movie they wanted to make. There's such yeah. weird specific jokes in it throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great recommendation. I want to watch it again now, man. Yeah, I want to watch the whole thing again film. now. Yeah, it is. It's just so fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah my final recommendation I know I've recommended before but I have to recommend it one last time is just because it's over now and in my eyes it's perfect Ted Lasso is so mm. worth your time if I haven't given you already it's freaking amazing um, the last episode I think for the last 20 minutes I just bawled my eyes out Jeez. it was just so powerful it just show, shows what a show can do when they really focus on characters and make you love those characters it's done so brilliantly I think it's one of the best nights of a, of a TV show ever. It just it did it did the amazing thing of like it didn't give you what you wanted, but it was better than what you wanted at the same time. You know what I mean? It's just such a well written show. It's hilarious. It has so much heart. It has a good a good message of just the importance of just being a good person, being kind, and how far that can take you, and just how there's a better way to just live your life. It's just, just, yeah. just show people kindness. You know, just understand that people don't you don't know what's going on in somebody else's lives. So. The, the, the very least you can do is to just be kind you know I like that man because yeah. probably from on the, on the outside the show probably doesn't look as it looks like a silly comedy about yeah. an American football coach working for a British yeah. football team yeah it's got a lot of part to it I like that it's got so much heart it's beautifully written Jason Davis is amazing Brett Goldstein H- Hannah Waddingham everybody is amazing then Nick Muhammad um, it's just so much work people's time I mean it, it, it's a very big show it doesn't need a plug for me but just for anybody who isn't sold by it yet I just could not recommend it enough. It's such a beautiful dramedy. It just yeah, I'm sad it's over, and I'll definitely get back to it again someday. Um, just an amazing show. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Richmond as well is becoming. It's getting very touristy. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, because the, the 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 pub there is a real pub and everything. The people are drinking there. One is in the same couch, the same table that uh, Ted Lasso and Coach Beard sat at and stuff. But it's good. I I want to go to Richmond mm. for that reason. You know. It's funny that they don't, that they don't have a football team. There, that, that was the reason why they chose it, because it was like, it was the place that is the most believable to have a football team, but it, it doesn't exactly, have one yet. Yeah. 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 Very, very clever. Um, yeah, great show. Yeah, my right. last recommendation uh, is this past weekend, the Theo Von podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just because, I mean, I'm recommending the podcast because it's probably a good way to get into the way Theo Von's mind works. Definitely, um, yeah. Because he's such an incredibly funny guy, but he's such a unique way of thinking. Very unique. Very unique jokes that only he could come up with. <laughs> yeah, or totally. Think about. And he's had a very unique life so as well, specific, which, which yeah. probably makes him like that. Totally. So I recommend that. It's, it's the classic sort of like, mainly chatting shit, and he gets a guest on every week. That, mm-hmm. That's either like another comedian or uh, he's, actor. He's had like Neil deGrasse Tyson on and, and stuff had, like yeah, that as well. Like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd recommend that as well. Yeah, he's a great interviewer. He always makes for interesting conversation. Because um, he'll ask very random questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, that the, the first one I, I watched in full, uh, I think would probably be a good introduction for people, is one with John Mulaney. Mm. It's long, it's two hours, but it's a great conversation. Both of them have previous... Um, uh, you know history of being addicted to cocaine i saw bits so, of that one. Oh, yeah. it's so good highly recommend to people um just hearing them share their stories is really interesting but they're also very funny they had a really good back and forth with each other um that they get that they did very nicely but they're very different senses of humor too 
which was a, a yeah. fun listen, you know, very different people. And he's, um, he's one of the, like, few comedians out there that are, like, a proper, like, southern Louisiana, like... I know, they like, probably, yeah, probably yeah. tell like this, yeah. He's <laughs> such a funny man, just, yeah, which like you said. his humour. A unique other. individual, <laughs> yeah. One of my favourite examples, just, like, how unique his, 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 his way of thinking is, he had an interview with Louis C.K., also a great one, and Louis C.K. was up about how he used to work at a... An, at a video store and they had like a an adult video room and he used to like after it, he, he would close there on his own at night and he would like afterwards go into the the, the, the adult video room on his own and just masturbate <laughs> like watching like adult dvds and theo vaughn just goes oh man if i was you i would have started licking those dvds <laughs> it's just such a weird thing what, to say yeah what even made you think of it <laughs> yeah but it was the best thing to say <laughs> like why would you start licking the dvds <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is so good. Like I remember recent, this is one recently, but I saw yeah. a, a clip of him talking to um, who is it? Uh, who's the Lee? Bobby. Bobby Lee. Lee? Yeah. Bobby Lee, and he's like, "Do you ever just wake up and feel Asian?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's like, "What a ridiculous thing to say!" And you know, if Bobby Lee's saying that, yeah, it's probably a ridiculous thing to say. Totally. Like, of course, I don't just wake up and feel Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I never wake up and feel yeah. Irish, you know. <laughs> and then he was talking to someone else about um, how much he loves Filipinos. <laughs> he was like, they're so friendly. Like, And then he goes, if I'm dying, the last person I want to see is a Filipino man. <laughs> <laughs> because he's going to be like, everything's all right, man. I know what he means, though. Yeah, they're always chill, like relaxed people. It's very true. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I woke up with like a pint of gas in my hand and I was dressed up as a leprechaun, and there's an empty plate of leftover potatoes. I probably would wake up feeling Irish. Yeah, you know, true, so there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a way it could happen. <laughs> I guess I'll leave on that really weird note, guys. Thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. Are we not gonna address it? my complete grammar fuck up just there? Oh, you didn't. I literally went thank you as always as listening. N- never mind. I, I, yeah, it I didn't happen. Really, yeah. Thank you guys as always for listening. We love you. We want. Be, have babies with you. Yeah, and we want to be in bed with you and, and give you cuddles and kisses and just tell you how much you mean to us. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what an ending. <laughs> what an ending. Good luck, guys. See you soon. Bye.